0: There are times where you just know, you know that the Lord was so present and that you needed to hear something that he specifically and strategically planned for you to hear. And today, this podcast with Brian Robinson, oh gosh, my friend's been saying this a lot. Won't he do it? He did it again and he always does. I hope that you come to the show with just an expectancy to hear from God in a way that you haven't yet. Maybe in a new lens of activation on how you want to show up in your prayer life, how you want to show up in your business, how you want to show up in your relationships, how you want to learn to love others well and be fascinated by the God that created you. I want to do it. I want to do it through speaking in tongues and having my aligned spirit to His Spirit, that we can talk and we can communicate and we can Change the atmosphere and send the angel armies, and just get to know one another. I'm so amazed by this podcast, and I hope that you you are too. And if you're not, then uh, listen again because there's a hidden treasure inside of here, both in the messy success story that Brian shared in the presence of the Lord, and honestly, in the activation of how you can be changed and transformed simply by lingering a little longer. Mm, You guys are going to enjoy this one. Brian, I treasure you. Thank you for being here. You guys got to tune into his podcast too, Real Faith Stories. I got to be a guest on it. And as a listener, it's it's a humbling experience, a lesson learned. And he's got a resource coming out for it too here soon. So make sure you follow along to all things Brian Robinson. Chat to
1: Just looking forward to the convo. Definitely.
0: It's going to be good. And I think the the coolest part is being able to share the premise of how you even got started in podcasting, how you even got started, period, right? Not like your mom bringing you into Earth kind of navigation story, (laughs) but more so like how and when did you start activating and wanting to share real faith stories with other people? And how has that navigated in your career?
1: Yeah. Well, specifically regarding the podcast, I was, my whole backstory with respect to work has been sales and marketing, sales training with some major corporations, Coca-Cola, Johnson & Johnson. Then I left and helped a friend start a business. And during that time, uh, or after that time, the Lord started to invite me into, in my journaling, looking at how I sold. And lo and behold, he showed me I kept using the same five steps, the same approach, and I was invited into writing a book about it. So I wrote a book called The Selling Formula. It did well on Amazon, hit number one for three days.
0: Woo, that's good. (laughs) You know how that that game is one, one.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Better than than no days. That's awesome. And um, got on a bunch of podcasts that were sales-oriented. And interestingly... One of the key tenets of the book is to like and care about your prospect before you speak with them, pray for them, be fascinated with them. And I would share this with some of the hosts. And literally, they'd say to me, I've never heard of that before. I'm like, really? Wow. (laughs) Caring about your prospect and praying for them? (laughs) And so the Lord starts to invite me into something else. He's like, how about starting a podcast? So I'm thinking... Okay, that sounds great. But the people I've talked to, Tamara, that have done podcasts told me, look, this is a minimum to your commitment before you start getting traction, et cetera, et cetera. So six months in, I don't know who my target is, but I feel this invitation. I went to bed one night and I said, Lord, either take this desire from me or give me clarity. I am sick of this middle ground. Sure enough, he wakes me up at 430 the next morning. I journal a lot. So he starts to download questions. And the question that really got me was, what stories make you cry? Mm -hmm. And immediately I thought of entrepreneurs who felt a nudge from the Lord to take a step of faith. They took it, met with struggle, but the Lord kept showing up every time they said yes. And I said, I'm in. I want to do interviews like that. That will encourage other people to take the same steps of faith. So. I know he covered the website for me because within five minutes, I found realfaithstories.com was not taken. So So I bought it and started interviewing and we're, you know, three years in and it's been very humbling and life changing for me. Thanks for asking.
0: Yeah, that's so neat, and I love because I saw your bio prior to, and knowing that you got to work for those huge corporations, I could understand why the common thread is like, I don't really know my, av-. like, you know your avatar in a sense, but what's that likability connection? What's the deep trust that's being instigated there? And then the prayer aspect, I mean, there's so much power in prayer. I remember the first time that I was praying for someone who was not in their faith, shared faith via the podcast, because I always pray before I go live. And I'm like, do you mind if I pray for you? And they just kind of like stun, like eyeballs big. And like, it's very (laughs) rare that someone says, no, that's like, that's, I don't feel comfortable doing that. And, And the people who I get to pray for who are not in commonplace of prayer are always the ones that are moved the most. And Mm -hmm. I find that so interesting because oftentimes like we get to lend our prophetic ear, our voices being utilized in prayer when we're becoming a vessel rather than just saying words because we're saying words. And I Mm -hmm. look to our podcast and that's one of the reasons I enjoyed yours so much is because it's not about you being heard. It's not about me being heard. It's about him and his voice being heard through our stories.
1: Yes, absolutely. Absolutely.
0: I loved the word that you use as one of your explanations of, like, find your avatar fascinating. Tell me more mm-hmm. about that process, and how did you come, especially working for these bigger corporations, come into the revelation that this is something that more people needed to have information over?
1: Yeah. The, there were many times I was sucking carpet over the years, uh, praying for favor with surgeons. That's primarily who my target was with J&J and business owners with Coca-Cola to, I need to close a deal. Lord, help me close a deal. And what kept recurring to me in my time seeking the Lord was, you have to be so focused on the other person that you're fascinated with them. Mm. That you care so deeply, you're so curious about them, that nothing else matters. Because if you're focused in that fashion, God takes care of everything else. It's not you thinking, how can I close the deal? Although that's something you want to do. But if you're there to serve and be fascinated and love on them, things tend to work out significantly better than if you've got a different approach. That's been my experience.
0: It makes me think of that quote, uh, be more interested than interesting. Absolutely. It makes you pause, right? Like if if something is fascinating, I did this um, women's retreat recently. We were in uh, Costa Rica. And I, I never really know what the theme is going to be of that experience until about like a week or so before like the Lord reveals it to me as we get closer. And because it's a bunch of different women coming together that I don't know, right? I don't know all of their backstories. I don't know how they're going to enmesh together. I don't know what that energy is going to look like because it's different every single time. And the Lord was not giving me any information. It was probably because I was preoccupied with some other things going on in my business, but it was the 24 hours before the women arrived that I finally was like, oh my gosh. And the two words that we dissected dissected over the course of the week, and I'm doing it live while teaching live, right? Like that's just how me and Lord work, was desire and wonder.
1: And hmm. to take
0: in the wonder of what was happening in the space and the wonder of how we approach life every single day. And so when I think about that Fascinating! It makes me think about wonder and the wonder Mm. that you can generate when you're creating a true connection with someone is so much deeper than trying to fill out like the, I'm thinking of like a worksheet. It's like, who is your ideal avatar? Where do they show up on social media? How many followers do they have? What is their, you know, household annual budget or income? And it's so much different in business when you get to blend and understand spirituality and faith.
1: Yes. Absolutely, the um, you know interesting. I was reading. I'm doing. I read through the Bible every year, and I was reading in Judges last week. I mean, of all the books, I'm reading Judges thirteen eighteen. This is the story of when the messenger, the angel, comes to Samson's mom. Yeah. Right? She's barren, and the messenger says, "You are going to have a son." Well, um, Manoah, Samson's father, told his wife, "Please." ask the angel to, to show himself again. I want to see him and talk to him, basically. Yep. So he does. And interestingly, he says to the messenger, what is your name so I can give you honor when our son is born? Mm. And the messenger says, why are you asking my name? My name is incomprehensible. And I was overwhelmed with the mm. sense of being immersed in incomprehensibleness because that's what we really are and we don't recognize it right back to the point of being fascinated there is an incomprehensibility about other people because we're eternal beings and god loves you whether you know him or not deeply and that's incomprehensible but you could go on and on and on about the incomprehensibleness of being able to breathe and us talking and thinking and you know Right, So it's all part of that, I think, idea of fascination.
0: It's so beautiful. And it makes me think even as you're like dissecting the Word and walking through some of these incomprehensible chapters, <laughs> like some of the books, I'm like, what? And the more that I ask, right, like just as Manoah asked, he received the response that he asked for. This past week I was in David and Saul, um, specifically in First Samuel, and and walking through that story and i realized how often david was so specific with the lord about what he asked of him and how i mm-hmm. don't think i do that very well and so when you're fascinated with something sometimes you're just stuck in this place of awestruck wonder right that reverence of god where you're just frozen and i want i want to like be so fascinated but i want to be able to ask better questions in the process of that fascination mm-hmm. so that he can answer yeah. said questions Yeah, I am curious as you like, yeah, you're you're brilliant at question asking. Like, where do your questions derive from even when you're podcasting or working? Because if you're still working with these large companies, you you just even mentioned you're going to be heading to Michigan later this week um, to help with some from banking, finance and principalities. Like, that's an interesting establishment, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, what what came to mind when you asked that question Uh, Back to fascination is I have just recently, really the past month or so, what the Lord has been impressing upon me is when I'm seeking him and I'm writing in my journal or I'm praying, you know how sometimes you get an answer and then you're like, okay, and you move on. You go, thank you, Lord, for the answer. But what the Lord has been telling me to do is linger Mm. after getting the answer. Mm. Just sit there extend the time and sure enough more starts coming Hmm. more revelation more wisdom more understanding and it's i'm i'm embarrassed in a sense that i didn't recognize that years ago that god is constantly inviting me into more more time being still and lingering with him because he wants to hang out with me and you it's and I don't use that in a, a derogatory fashion, of course. Yeah. Um. So I don't know. I just felt like it was important to insert that concept in there.
0: So good, and, and I think there's there all of these words have such a beauty to them, and they're not used in common conversation very often right? To linger is like the antithesis of culture, (laughs) right? Mm -hmm. It's like, go, 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 right? Like lingering is like, all I hear is like traffic horns and people being like, can you go? Can you move? (laughs) I'm like, it just turned green. I'm like literally going. I'm trying to put my foot on the gas. People are so impatient (laughs) and so lingering. It feels so odd for people. Even Mm -hmm. one of the things like, even like pauses in conversations or like quietness when you're with someone, people immediately try to insert, like, I need to say something because it's quiet. This is awkward. Who, who am I supposed to be talking? Or are you supposed to be talking? <laughs> so I mm-hmm. think about the power of that and that it's also a it's a practice. It's something we have to practice in order to linger well.
1: You know, back to your question about asking questions. Um Really, my motivation and is, is a deep sense of curiosity mm. about people's stories. And behind the curiosity is a sense of love. I, I love the person that I, I'm talking to from the standpoint that I, I really want to know their story because God has engineered their life and his sovereignty so uniquely special. So there has to be something, some nugget, Some idea that we can pull out that perhaps hasn't been so obvious before. And if if God allows me to do that through questions, home run.
0: It's so good. So, one of the questions are like kind of conversations that have always been established through the Fit and Faith podcast. Before I really knew that my quote unquote avatar was. Business with founders and innovators and trailblazers um, was like this messy success story. Because I feel like where everyone is, there is an element of success. Whether they believe that there is success in that state of being or that state of mind or that certain circumstance or, or season that they're in, <laughs> I believe success is just breathing. Like success is the fact that you're alive and like we're on a microphone and we have ring lights and a roof over our head and a comfortable chair beneath our body. Like there's a lot that we have to be grateful for. And yet people don't necessarily always perceive it that way. What was that moment of like messiness that has led you to where you are now?
1: Uh, It was the transition from corporate America. To being a full time entrepreneur uh, with a friend of mine who invited me to start a business with them. Mm. My wife and I prayed for four months over that decision. At the time, she, we had six children and she was pregnant, going to be pregnant with twins, unbeknownst to us. Hello. Yeah. So, left the company car, the Bennies, wound up driving 1,000 to 1,500 miles a week, um, cold calling banks and credit unions in the central United States. And interestingly, right before making that decision, the Lord gave me a dream. It's, I've only had a handful of dreams that I vividly remember. And then I'll get to the messy part.
0: Yeah, no, this is good. So,
1: so, uh, the dream was back in the day when the draft was alive in the United States and your number was called, it was a two year commitment, right? When you joined the military, your draft number called two years, so i had this dream that i was being drafted and there was a line of about a hundred men in front of me walking into a cinder block building all we had on was boxer shorts so this vulnerability we're at the cinder block building you walk in there's a bare light bulb hanging from the ceiling and a woman sitting on a three-legged stool and every time a man came up to the stool she would hand the boots and fatigues to them and then they move out hmm. and move on when i got up to this lady the, the perspective was she is way like up by the ceiling. That's how low I was looking up at her. She hands me my fatigues and my boots, and she says, while she's handing them to me, Mr. Robinson, you will no longer eat when you want to eat, drink when you want to drink, or do what you want to do. You will do everything we tell you to do, and my dream ended. And I got up the next morning, I'm like, ooh, I've got to unpack this with the Lord. Wow. And the Lord showed me that by transitioning out of corporate America into this new gig that it was going to be a minimum to your commitment. Mm -hmm. No turning back. You're being drafted. And I, I said, okay. And I had no idea how hard it was going to be because company car, bennies, you know, all the good stuff, billion dollar plus companies, everybody has, you got name recognition. So I left and I had recruiters calling me from the medic, back into the medical industry, and the only reason I said no was because of that dream. And there were times, Tamara, uh-huh. driving up into Kansas, I was pull I'd pull over to the side of the road, and I'd say, "God, I need you to help me close this deal. If I don't sell, I don't eat." And my wife is just—we just had twins. Now we have eight children. Oh my heavens! And if we were drowning. But that was super messy, and it was really hard, and it was super humbling, and it, it was it was so many times of brokenness. But through that, the Lord showed me ways to do selling differently that completely got me off the road. Mm-hmm. Wound up doing everything by direct mail and phone, and I was able to stay home and be around my family instead of driving that much. Wow. And then over time, things progressed. But um, yeah, that was messy.
0: That was rough. <laughs> it was messy with lots of puns connected to that when you have eight children at home.
1: <laughs> Amen. Lots
0: of puns. But I, I like I sit in that. I sit in that with your wife. And, and, the, and the you know friction and tension that she was feeling and the like, are you sure? Like, this sounds crazy. Was there, you said you guys prayed for like four months. Was it the dream that catalyzed the yes? Or was there also like a peace? Like, did she ever hear from the Lord or should she just trust you from hearing from him?
1: Yeah, we both, um, with concerted effort, prayed together about it and we both had peace. Every time we prayed about it, we felt a yes, and the hard thing was releasing the grip from the known yeah. and and pivoting to the unknown because it was totally unknown at that time, you know so and yeah, the I wish she were on here, she could tell you her side of the story, yeah, I <laughs> it bet. was brutal, but well, to your point about the pun about messy, <laughs> I never forget one night <laughs> we um we were putting the kids to bed, and we had four diapers. That, we're, that we changed, and a pull-up laying on the ground. And we just started cracking up. We're like, what? what is going on? This is crazy. <laughs> this is the life
0: we created.
1: <laughs> I know.
0: <laughs> that is hysterical and, and expensive. We're, we're fine. Right? No problem. Right, yeah, Just a twitch, a little tinge here and there. How old are they now? How old are the eight now?
1: The uh, oldest is 36. Okay. He has three children. Youngest are going to be 22 in June.
0: So cool. the
1: twins. Wow. That's yeah. So cool. And I'm, I'm, I'm 39. So it's kind of yeah, miraculous. Right? How does really? that
0: work? That's wild. <laughs> the that grandpa at 39. No, that's yeah. so amazing. And I'm sure like the fruit on the other side of that, just from the family perspective to be able to be present now, being present in our physical sense, being present in our mental sense, like all of it has variability. I'm very present with my kiddos. Since I don't travel a lot, but when I do, I, or when I'm here, even still, there are times where I feel like I'm traveling in my mind and I'm not actually present in the space or the room or the moment. So what are some ways during those seasons of trying to manage a family while also managing an entrepreneurial endeavor? What were some ways you stayed present? Were you in your faith to the extent that you are now?
1: Um, I was in my faith. I'll be honest. I didn't do a good job of being present um, because I was on straight commission. I had this 90 days behind me was a freight train. And if I don't keep on running, I'm going to get crushed. That's how I felt all the time. It took me when we were on vacation, it took me three or four days to come off the ledge before I could actually start unwinding. And by the time we were getting ready to leave is when I really started a vacation. And I was like, I could use another week, you know, um, what, what really kind of shifted things for me, and it hasn't been that long ago, like a couple years in the past 12, 24 months, is the whole idea of being an orphan versus not being an orphan. Hmm. And there's an incredible book by Leif Hetland called Healing the Orphan Spirit, mm-hmm. and he talks about three chairs. Chair number three is the chair that people in the world sit in. These are people who don't know Jesus Christ; they're unsaved. Chair number two represents most of the Christians who know Jesus but still operate through a "do be" mentality. I have to do in order to be, right? Mm-hmm. And there's still an, there's an orphan mindset. So if I don't perform, something bad's going to happen, right? Chair number one is the chair that we all would love to sit in as children of God and the freedom of knowing that I don't have to perform. Yoke is easy. Burden is light. Of course, you still need to work, but you're not working from a place of performance. You're working from a place of sonship, daughtership, and knowing that God's got you. And that's a huge shift for somebody who's been AAA high performer, uh, athlete. And you get all this, Tamara. Yeah. And that... That has been a lifelong transition for me. I've gotten a lot better, but I, uh, the best way for me to get out of that is to really just speak scriptures out loud about my sonship hmm. and about his provision. Um, and so what helps me the most is speaking those types of things out loud when I start feeling like I'm moving into chair number two. And it's not perfect. Yeah. But it helps.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's really good. Well, and I think like an element for me was surrounding myself with people who understood what sonship was, whether or not they were in position 1, seat 1 or seat 2, or whether or not that fluctuated season to season. It's the recognition of what it feels like. It's the recognition of what is yeah. is possible, right? and and i i can now because of those relationships that i've established we can call that out in one another like Hey, you're you're operating out of uh, over overdrive right now. You're operating out of your flesh. You're operating out of your own limited understanding of resources. You're you're not you're not where he wants you to be. What a different rhythm that is. We talk about the rhythms of grace connected to business and connected to the way in which we show up and the pace in which we show up. It's like the difference between the hustle hard busy lifestyle to to really being in tandem with where Christ wants you to be. And knowing that that yeah. doesn't look the same every single season, surely didn't look the same when you had eight kids than it does than it does now.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, what you're some of the things you're you're saying remind me of Shea Bynes' book, Grace Over Grind, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I love her statement that God is the source; everyone and everything else is a resource. And something interesting, the Lord really emblazoned upon my heart. I was at a Heaven and Business conference in Atlanta about six weeks ago ish. Mm-hmm. And after Shay spoke, she was one of the speakers. Mm-hmm. She said, okay, write down what you're receiving from the Lord from what I've just shared with you. Mm-hmm. Interestingly, it was like a total right turn. None of what she shared is what God spoke to me. He said this, and I saw it in all caps. He said, I am provision. And I've been digging into that for weeks and that the levels keep getting deeper and deeper. And the, the think the point he's trying to drive home to my heart and my mind is no matter what, no matter where, no matter how, I am provision. I mean, he provided our lives to us. Yeah. He put us here on this earth at this time. He's the, he's the greatest storyteller. And yeah. he inserted us into his story at this time for something very specific. Yeah. Why would he not? How will he not, with Christ, freely give us all things? Yeah. He would already given us his son. How will he not give us everything else? Yeah. I'm starting to preach myself happy. It's but, so
0: good, right? though. And so, well, and you hear people talk about like the prosperity gospel, right? And there's kind of people on different lenses or, or sides of the coin. Like, oh, no, 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 we're not prosperity gospel preachers over here. Oh, we're, we're grace gospel preachers over here. There's like so many different things. but that word provision is so much different than prosperity because provision is like enoughness right now, enoughness right now yeah. versus prosperity, which is like constantly being like by your works you will have. Right. And so it's really, I just love the peace that transcends when I think about I am the provision and mm-hmm. because provision is presence.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And don't you love kind of I am and fill in the blank. Cause he said, I am. So <laughs> fill, fill the blank in. It's so good. Oh man. I mean, that's just, it's so power. It's so deep. I can hardly talk about it because it's, that's how he wants us to view him and, and partner with him. Yeah. Right.
0: Yeah. Well, and, and then there's like this understanding of variability. I mean, there's a lot of things that are happening politically and education, like all these different chasms that have been created based on culture not and, and sometimes cultural Christians, right, um, religion. And so as you're navigating, especially raising now grandchildren and still your own children, I don't know that you ever stop raising your children because you're always meant to be an example and a steward, is is how do you navigate that now in such a tumultuous element? So many tumultuous elements and situations versus when you were younger.
1: Yeah, we had way more control when when our kids were growing up over the where we had them educated. We were blessed to be able to put them into a Christian schools and um, you know protect them with respect to what they are getting taught. Yeah. Now. Our children, our, our oldest grandchild is uh, eight, and so he, he's being homeschooled. And those, that option, though, isn't appropriate for one of our other children who, yeah. who has two children. Yeah. And they're, looking, they're, looking, they're facing this whole situation in the public schools. And so I think it comes down to the parent ultimately having to make some potentially hard choices with respect to how they're going to educate And my wife and I are constantly praying for our children and our grandchildren that God would grab their heart early, they would receive truth early, and that they would pursue him with all their heart. And that's the best way we know how, other than when they're with us, to transfer the things God's placed in our heart.
0: Yeah. Well, it just goes to show, it kind of circles back to what you were sharing in the beginning. It's just that power of prayer right? And intentional prayer. Again, you have to know what to ask. And sometimes you don't know what to ask. And here, I got to ask, figure out what do I need to ask? Like there's questions. I always ask this question in business, in, in church, anytime that I'm having conversations is like, what should I be asking that I'm not asking? I always want to know. I always finish every conversation, every negotiation. Now that person <laughs> has to have my best interest at heart um, in mm-hmm. order for that to be answered truthfully. But I found that the more that I offer it, the more people like kind of sit back, like, huh, what a good question. Well, you didn't ask about this. You didn't ask about this. You didn't. And there's always a huge list of things that I never even thought about. And so I think it's mm-hmm. important. Like, I've never asked that of God. So in this moment, I'm like, God, what questions should I be asking that I'm not asking, right? So I want good. to know more.
1: Yeah. I love that. That's such a wonderful approach. Um, it's, it's part of, I think, lingering too. Yeah, right? you're
0: right. You're right.
1: Yeah. It's yeah, really for sure. Good.
0: All right. Quick interruption. But actually, it's not really an interruption. It's an invitation. It's an invitation for you to come deeper, not just be a podcast listener that we really never get to interact with, but be a part of the family. Be a part of the foundation of what the Founder Collective is heart premised on. And that's Ephesians 2.19, that we are found in Him, that we are a family and operating as one on the foundation of Christ, with him as our chief CEO, our chief cornerstone. And what does that look like? How can you come in further? Well, we have a weekly Founder Collective call. That's a Zoom call. We'd love for you to be a part of it. It's open conversation, similar to how we have this podcast talking about business practices and truth principles and how we're actually living a life on purpose and in the presence of God consistently. Additionally, we're inviting you to our annual conference. This is be our third annual conference. You can go to the foundercon.com. Again, that's thefoundercon.com. And you'll get to hear people like Jay worship and teach and share from his testimony. Anthony, Pastor Anthony, the bearded wonder. <laughs> He's gonna come to you with his fiery flaming shoes and his voice and the belly. The fire that's within his belly comes out in such a dynamic way when it's on stage. Myself, my team, and all the incredible people who are part of this family, it's not just us. And we want you to be in on the us because we want to make way for your message, for your movement to be known and to be equipped. And to also be resourced. We love sharing resources, which is what we do in that weekly call. So you're invited. You're invited. Come one, come all to all the things. If you need more information, I'm sure wherever you're listening to this or seeing this, you can get it in the link. So look, go a little deeper, go a little further into what God is calling you into. This is a summoning. This is a call. This is a roundup for you to also be fully founded in Him as a founder in the Founder Collective. So, talk to me, Brian. So now, on a consistent basis, obviously, you've got your podcast. You're you're still helping support through um, what specifically in business that, is it that you like to lend your expertise into?
1: Yeah. So, still sales. Yeah. Um, my passion is sales, and I'm still involved personally in selling our services with the company that I'm yeah. with, and. Um, I, I find myself at times having wonderful opportunities to pray for my clients. Not all the time, but, you know, there's certain cues and you can simply ask the question. May I pray for you about that? And there, it's like you said earlier, many people are overwhelmed that you'd even consider
0: yeah.
1: offering that. Yeah. And it, it does something that this isn't the reason to do it, but it does something in your relationship that nobody can touch if you're super authentic and you should be and honest about it right
0: i had a uh someone who referred to me as like his spiritual coach over the course of the last year which is such an honor like that's not something people hire me for right but it's like wow what a gift and i was just walking life with him and he's much older than i am he i feel like from a success or an accomplishment standpoint has done a lot more things than i have he's lived longer and mm-hmm. i just so often would get a phone call. I just need to talk to you. And I'm like, all right, what's up? He's like, I just need your energy. I just need your positivity. I just need your joy. Will you pray for me? And I'm like, I love it. I would always say, sure. But at some point I would say, as I kind of like, I would say allowed him to witness. I got to this point of, okay, there's got to be a maturity on your end. Right, It's like you're holding your kid's hand across the street, holding your kid's hand across Mm. the street, holding your kid's hand across the street. And eventually they're like, Mom, I left my something in the car. And you're like, okay, go grab it. By myself? What do you mean? Right? And so it was like Mm -hmm. this moment where I'm like, how about you pray for you? Right? And you have to just like encourage people to get to that point. But if you've never exampled it and you've never – created a safe space for them. How is that ever going to be something that they ever even feel comfortable or confident enough to do? But I think that authenticity, like you're speaking to allows them to realize that you don't have, there's no formality. Yeah. The Lord teaches us how to pray and those things are important, but he just wants your heart. He just wants your intention.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you know, the scripture about pray, pray, Always. Right. Give thanks. Pray unceasingly. And that's from a practical standpoint, people say, how, how do I do that? Well, there's breath prayers. You just talk. Mm. You just say, you just think he's, he's in you. He knows what you're thinking, right? So you can pray in your mind. And there's so many different ways to communicate with the Lord. And um, one of my favorite is praying in tongues.
0: Mm -hmm. So like that spirit, because that's the thing you don't really know, but he knows and he's communicating. What was your access point for praying in tongues? Like did like at what point were you baptized in the Holy Spirit and that happened? They're like, what was that for you?
1: Yeah. So um, I was at the time I was a senior in high school. Yeah. um, And my girlfriend at the time invited me to come to this guy's house who was a DJ for a Christian radio station in Memphis (laughs) where I live. I'm like, okay, cool. I'd like to meet this guy. And so we're, we're in his apartment, and next thing I know, we're forming a circle. It's like, how would you like to be baptized in the Holy Spirit? And I'm like, well, I'm Presbyterian. I, sounds cool to me. I don't know what that is. And so we, we start praying, and all of a sudden, man, uh, I start praying in tongues. And wow. Then I, then I went, to me, went to meet with my pastor afterwards. He goes, well, we don't, we don't not believe it, but we don't really believe it. And it was like, okay, I need to find a different place here. <laughs> and, and then the Lord invited me into praying in the, in the Spirit, praying in tongues for an hour at a time after that. So wow. I would go up in my room, and I would just pray for an hour in the Spirit. Wow. And it was really an act of discipline. But I'll tell you what that's morphed into is over the years, um, that's something I get led into frequently. And when I was on the road driving so much, I would hop in the car from lunch or wherever in the morning, and the Holy Spirit would sometimes say, I want you to pray all the way to your destination, 200 miles, whatever. So a couple hours. Every time I did that, without fail, my steps were so magnificently ordered. When I showed up at my client's location, it was, it was God. And I just know that I know that was just an f- affirmation to me that praying in the Spirit is truly... Speaking your spirit to the Spirit of God, and He's doing something incredible, far beyond we can imagine. Mm. And some people say that that's just too weird for me. I don't believe in that. Well, I'll tell you what, you're missing out on something incredibly powerful if God's inviting you into that and you're you're resisting.
0: When you speak about the resistance side or like the, the doubt associated to it, um, especially when someone else in their faith doubts, right? Like we believe in that, we don't really believe in that. How do you how did you personally navigate that was there after you had that experience and that encounter where you're like well this is a, this is a non-negotiable this is something that I know that I know or were there times you're like I don't know what I'm saying I sound a little crazy hopefully no one walks in on me <laughs> did you ever have roommates that were like what's going on Brian do we need to have a conversation like I'm I'm curious because I I didn't have like a formal baptism of the holy spirit like that but I had an encounter with the lord fully started like laughing crying, speaking in tongues, my like full body shakes in the middle of a conference about a woman who was baptized in the Holy Spirit at nine and what that did for her entire Catholic school. That changed Whoa. completely started converting <laughs> one by one by one as a nine-year-old. Alex wow. Sealy is her name. She has a church by the name of the Belonging Co. in Nashville. You might be familiar with it. Um, incredible testimony. So when that happened, in that moment, there was like no question. I went right. Right in from that encounter, about 30, maybe 45 minutes later, I was sitting in a car with non-believers on our way to Big Bear Lake in California, and I was just, like, staring out the window, like, what just happened? And I want to go right back to that place. How do I get back to that place? Help people yeah. who are walking through this, like, ca- this, I feel like it's, um. how do I explain it? Yeah. The- it's like a it's like a vortex. I feel like I, when I'm speaking in tongues, I'm kind of in this like vortex where nothing else matters. And then I have to like step out of said vortex into I'm going to make lunch for my kids now or I'm going to clean the <laughs> bathroom. And it feels so weird. You feel out of body.
1: Yeah. To me, for me, it's been as natural as us just talking. Yeah. I just pray in the spirit. I'll sit and hop in the car and I'll just find myself praying in the spirit. Um, oh. You know, it's. It, there have been moments where it's been very strong, very powerful, but for the most part, it's just a normal way of living yeah. for me. And, but, but the key here to your question, to me, is like any other spiritual thing, there's discipline behind it. Yeah. Um, we are disciples, disciplined ones. And, you know, I'm thinking of this quote from D.A. Carson about drift. Yeah. Do you mind if I read it?
0: Please. Do you mind if
1: I read it? Please. All right. People do not drift toward holiness. Apart from grace-driven effort, people do not gravitate toward godliness, prayer, obedience to Scripture, faith, and delight in the Lord. We drift toward compromise and call it tolerance. We drift toward disobedience and call it freedom. We drift toward superstition and call it faith. We cherish the indiscipline of lost self-control and call it relaxation. We slouch toward prayerlessness and delude ourselves into thinking we have escaped legalism. We slide toward godlessness and convince ourselves we've been liberated. The the point I'm making is is something Jonathan Bakluda said uh, in one of his audio books, that you never naturally drift toward God. It does not happen. There is always some effort required To stay connected. I just think about um, your lawn, your garden, right? You have to tend it. And why would you not have to tend your relationship with the Lord? Going back to the point about tongues, it's just one of those spiritual gifts and disciplines that you need to exercise, right? And so that's all it is. It's exercising the relationship. It's exercising the gift. And in doing so, you get stronger in your partnership and relationship with your Father in Heaven.
0: It's so good. Kind of makes me. This is a terrible connection point, but as you're talking, I'm like, when you said exercise, I'm like, yeah, I definitely don't naturally like go towards a salad. But my kids, <laughs> they were they were doing Mother's Day cards, and it, on both of them, what is your mama's favorite meal? And they both put salad. I'm like. Ew, that is not my favorite meal. Give me a steak, sweet potatoes, cornbread. Like That's not mama's favorite meal. I just tend to, by discipline, choose salad more and most. And so I want them to also feel that way towards my time with the Lord. And they do. They see that in such cool ways. But I definitely want to practice. I want to be more disciplined in, in speaking in tongues. And I know that it's a practice. I did actually did like a 40-day day kneeling in the dark practice of just kneel and speak in tongues just put on soaking music and just do it because i felt myself leaning in towards is this even real am i am yeah. i self generating this sound this word this responsive picture that i get this next step and i know that i don't and yet there's still that like dichotomy of I don't know. Do I know? Do I not know? Yeah. And so yeah. it was It was a, probably like halfway in where I realized that it, it didn't matter what the setting was. It didn't matter what the ambiance was. It didn't need to be dark. I didn't need to have the sound waves going. I didn't need to have a dim candle. I didn't need an ambiance. For me to have the same outcome. And that was, mm. that was very pivotal for me. And I think people need that when it comes to their prayer life, when it's the church, right? Whatever church you go to, I can't, I can't worship there because I just don't like the worship music. It's like, no, that's not how that works. And so it, it's just, a, it's an evolution for me. I'm surely growing in a lot of ways. And that would be one that I like, I always come to these like desire to be convicted. Um, to be disciplined, mm. if you will. And so this is an area that I am intrigued by and grateful that we had the conversation.
1: Yeah. You know, can I may I share how my wife experienced that for her yeah. self? Yeah. It's it's amazing. Um in college, dear friend that was in our wedding eventually, um, she was hanging out with her friend. She um was praying her friend was praying over her. Mm-hmm. And she wound up, Cindy, my wife, wound up rededicating her life to the Lord in that time. And her friend, who's very prophetic, said, um, "Do you want the gift of tongues?" And she said, "Sure." She was, she's Lutheran. <laughs> I was Presbyterian. You know, say, "Ah, yeah, sounds good." And um, so she prayed. Nothing happened. Yeah. She's like, "Oh, well, that's okay." So Cindy goes to bed in the dorm room that night, and she said, "Lord, if if this is real, I want you to show me right." So about one, two in the morning, she said, she literally woke up, sat up in her bed in the middle of the night, just tongues pouring out of her mouth. And, no kidding. Oh, wow. And she's like, okay, this is
0: Oh, wow. <laughs> that's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the, that's like the thing that she asked a specific question and the Lord responded yeah. specifically. That's right. He wants yeah. to. I think people get like in this weird space of, Well, I can't question God. It's like, Well, you question everything else. Why can you not question God?
1: <laughs> and to your point, he he welcomes all of us. Yeah. All of our emotions, right? All of our angst, all of our happiness. And I think the most incredible prayers I've ever prayed are the ones where I am it's like David. Mm. You know, crying out, "I'm going to die if you don't show up." Kind of prayer, yep. and about to lose it as I say it because mm. I love David, I love the psalms, and um, hmm. what better way to communicate with your Maker? Yeah. He He made you. He knows what you have need of before you even ask. Why wouldn't you ask Him? So, Let's go
0: is so good. Now I just want to like, it's pouring down rain here. I want to like just go soak and be and just be with the Lord. I am so grateful. And I hope that as people are listening, I, I think that there's just such a, to- a sweet somberness to this conversation but it's also a sweet mm. invitation right it's an invitation for people to seek after an an area of their relationship with the lord that maybe you've let lie dormant or perhaps you've never been um had enough evoked curiosity which goes right back mm. to what we were talking about like if you find something fascinating like there should be endless questions You want to know every detail about it. You want to know every detail about him. I do. And so I'm excited for people to see what comes from this. So I really hope that they connect with you and share and learn and Mm. even get their hands on your resources through your podcast, through your book. You have another book coming out because I know that there is so much more inside of you that you're going to birth.
1: Thank you. Yeah, I actually, did I tell you that I do?
0: No, that's what I'm asking. I'm like, no, there, he has to have prophet? another book.
1: <laughs> yeah, the Lord, actually, I'm working on uh, a yeah. 40-day devotional God's inviting me into. I started writing it on. based on the five key learnings and takeaways from the past three years of the podcast. Yes! So it will be eight days per learning, so five times eight, 40. Wow. And um, yeah, it's, it's quite interesting what he's what he's inviting me into. It's, it's very fun. Oh
0: Gosh, I love (laughs) that so much. You're welcome. That was like, there has to be more. I just know like just your, your wisdom is meant to be sealed and shared. And it's, I'm so grateful to be a part of that as a learner. (laughs)
1: <laughs> oh, that's so kind. Thank you.
0: Absolutely. Well, Brian, is there anything additional you want to share with the community or a place other than the podcast, your book, that they can get in touch with you? I know you've got your websites and different places. Obviously, you already shared the one, realfaithstories.com.
1: <laughs> yep. And my personal site is Brian Robinson, B R I A N, dot co for company dot co. So other good. than that, LinkedIn is where I spend most of my time hanging out.
0: I need to get on LinkedIn. I never hang out on LinkedIn. This will be live on LinkedIn if it worked. <laughs> I don't know if it even worked. <laughs> the power we'll of learning. Well, brother, I appreciate you so much. I'm so grateful for this time and so expectant for the seed that this is going to plant in the hearts of the people listening. Thank you. Thank
1: you. Your what trainer. an honor. Thank you.
0: Likewise. See ya. See ya. We're totally in this together and we appreciate the extra step taken.
1: And I'm Randy. And we're from Salty Saints Podcast. We're a theology and apologetics podcast. To find out more, subscribe at lifeaudio.com.